Hey everyone, it's Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival, and this week we're going to go way beyond physical tactics for self-defense and explore a power that lies within you that few even know exists. Now, not to get all woo-woo-y on you here, but the reality is that if you're able to master your mind and what my friend refers to as mental warfare tactics, then you'll be surprised at how easily you can influence everyone from the street-hardened criminal to the office bully and even the opposite sex. Now, make sure you got some quiet space for this one, y'all, because we're about to go way down the rabbit hole. Check this out. bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging, would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, would you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Oh, divine art of subtlety and secrecy. Through you, we learn to be invisible. Through you, inaudible. And hence, we can hold the enemy's fate in our hands. You may recognize those words. They were written by the ancient tactician Sun Tzu, whose book, The Art of War, remains one of the most important studies for defeating individual enemies and even entire armies. Now, if you've ever studied Sun Tzu, and you should, you'll see a recurring theme. You attack the enemy when he doesn't expect it, where he is weakest, to give yourself the most advantage. Sun Tzu wasn't worried about honor or appearances. He was worrying about winning as quickly and as efficiently as possible, and always preferably by psyching out the enemy rather than by fighting him. Now, what we're talking about here is called mind control by some martial arts exponents, such as various ninja stylists. It's also been called psychic warfare by various New Age practitioners, but it isn't exclusive to ninjas or modern-day pagans. Mental warfare is the skill of psyching out your enemies, making them do what you want them to do and believe what you want them to believe, all while making it think that it was their idea, and it's so much more than that. So how can you accomplish these powerful feats of psychological warfare? Well, that's where Scott Boland comes in. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine, with another survival podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and patriot. And joining us today to discuss mental warfare is author, speaker, and peak performance coach, my friend, Scott Boland, who's written a best-selling course on mental warfare. Scott, welcome to the program. Thank you, Jeff. Good to be with you again. Now, Scott, in addition to being a martial artist, is also a master of the mental arts. He has advanced training and certifications in neurolinguistic programming, hypnotherapy, and even firewalking. Now, he conducts worldwide seminars and has authored many best-selling courses, including Devastating Fighting, Knife Fighting Secrets of the Masters, Martial Mastery, Mental Warfare Secrets, and Warrior Energetics. You can learn more about Scott and his work at his website at www.mentalwarfaretactics.com. Now, there's a lot of facets to this conversation that we're going to talk about. We have, we have a lot of ground to cover, so I think it starts off where we need to better understand our mental foundation from which we build on. So, Scott, you say that there are two types of people in the world, warriors and peasants. So explain what you mean by that and how mental warfare plays a role. 
Well, I primarily define a peasant as someone who lives by default and a warrior as someone who lives and thinks by design. You see, peasants are people who go through life as uh, peer-dependent, status-conscious, comfort-seeking consumers. They're the masses, they're the soccer moms, the socialites, and they allow themselves to be shaped and molded to be defined by society, in other words, by default. Peasants swallow whatever they're told by the media and they're Pavlovian conditioned. They don't take responsibility, and this is a key factor. They don't take responsibility for their own strength, growth, and safety. And I'm going to emphasize that a lot, strength, growth, and safety. See, they abdicate that responsibility. For example, a peasant, they wouldn't want to learn self-defense or own a gun to defend their home. They default to how they feel emotionally about that rather than how something is in, in actuality. In, in other words, a peasant is more of an idealist, someone who is an idealist or an ignoramus of the realities instead of a realist. A warrior, a true warrior, Jeff, is one who fights for their own self-mastery. And they take responsibility for their own strength, their own growth, and their own safety. So warriors are realists. They live by design. That doesn't mean that they don't have fun, uh, that they don't dream big dreams, or that they aren't creative. They are. They have fun. They enjoy comfort, and they enjoy society, but they are not defined by society and by comfort-seeking. Okay? So warriors define themselves, and they take responsibility for their own strength, for their own growth, and for their own safety. The warriors are the ones who will protect themselves and the sheeple, and the sheeple when they get in trouble, when there's violence, they're always crying for a warrior to come and help them. So warriors, they say, I will find my own food and I will develop myself to have the strength to do so. As where the, the peasant um, will say, feed me and I will obey. Even in a street fight, if you throw a punch at me, I'm going to harness and direct my energy to stop you from harming me. So that's just one aspect. But it's also harnessing and directing my energy in any area for my own self-mastery. So whatever that might be, my own training, my own self-development, my own prosperity, my own success. So, so a warrior is one who fights for their own self-mastery. Got it. You know, Scott, a lot of people think of the law of attraction type philosophy as foo-foo-y, new age voodoo. You know, you talk about this in your in your martial master in your martial master program and your mental warfare tactics. But what's your perspective on the law of attraction? And can you give us one good example of a practical technique that someone can do to be able to effortlessly attract more success, power, or money to themselves? Absolutely, absolutely. I want to say there is a lot of foo foo out there, but there's also a lot of valid and useful tactics. I mean, it's just like martial arts. There's plenty of valid martial arts. And then there's plenty of uh, Ninja Turtle, Strip Mom, McDojo, foo-foo stuff. So it would be stupid to arbitrarily reject proven tactics just because a foo-foo factor exists out there. So I, I know That's what you're saying point. by that. Yeah. What attraction is, is just energy. Attraction is energy. We are magnets, and magnets attract and repel energy. That's all. I mean, there's no hocus-pocus. That's the bottom line. And it's already happening whether we know it or not, whether we like it or not. And since it's already happening, why not use it for a tactical purpose? 
You see, write that down. Use it for a tactical purpose. And here's a test that anyone can do. If, if they're standing in their bedroom and you just put your arms straight out and reach out, just keep your arms straight and then keep leaning forward for as far as you can go. And, and you'll notice eventually you'll start to fall. You'll start to trip forward. And that's how most people live. They're reaching for what they want. And, and so they're imbalanced and they hit one little bump and they go flying in anything they want. See, I'm going to use any weapon, even the law of attraction, to fight for my own self-mastery. I mean, have you ever noticed when a pissed-off person walks into a room, you know, you're just sitting in the room, kicking back, and someone pissed-off walks in? You feel it, right? You notice that. You feel that. Now, could you intentionally use an energy like that? Like maybe if you walk in and, and you find your employees are sitting on their duffs and you want them to get on the ball? Or maybe you find your kid on Facebook instead of doing their homework. So you can intentionally use an energy like that to project out and, and attract by design the result that you want. Okay? Most of the world goes by default. So what they do, they come in and, and they get pissed off and they react and they say yell at their kid and attract what they don't want, which is their kid not doing their homework and getting an F. I'm using that as an example. Mm -hmm. But it works anywhere for anything you want. I mean, if you ever notice, maybe you were in high school and you noticed the nerd, the guy who couldn't care less, had all the hot girlfriends, uh, you might say, was he rich? Well, no, that's, that's usually not the case. Sometimes it is, but usually not. What it really is, is he's putting out an energy that's fun to be around. So there's no discomfort, and so the chicks feel good around him. If you remember, I think we all knew guys like that in high school, and you go, what is it about him? He's not good looking, he's not rich, but he's putting out a certain energy. So if you want to attract instead of reach, you remain centered and in balance. So you harness and direct your energy. So you're not just reaching out going, I want this, I want that, and actually pushing it away. Instead, you're attracting what you want, and you can anchor yourself. A warrior is one who anchors, who, who, who fights for their own self-mastery and who designs themselves, and you can anchor yourself to attract what you want. You need three things. You need programming, you need belief, and then you need tactics. And programming is so simple. Uh, you know, if, if you've ever, uh, imagine a parent telling a little kid, you're stupid, you're stupid, you're stupid. How do you think that kid is going to attract when he grows up? You think he's going to be really smart, right? So you're always attracting. This is already going on. So you program yourself by your self-language. And then beliefs. Uh, no one can deny that if you believe you're something, you're more likely to get it if you believe you can get it. I mean, Olympic athletes attest to this. Football Super Bowl winners attest to this. They all have this super, super belief. That I mean, that's just, that's just common sense. Believe you can get it, and you're more likely to do so. And then you can practice this on people. Put out different energies. Try the one pissed off. Try walking into a room happy and see how it changes people. And notice the type of response it attracts, and you'll have a lot of fun with that. Bring up some really good examples of your emotions and how they attract different things to you. And a couple of things that came to mind was if you look at like, let's say you're at work and you're angry at work a lot. Maybe you're miserable at work. Maybe you don't like your job and you constantly put off this energy of being angry and grumpy. Well, people don't want to be around grumpy, angry people. And so what that's going to do is it's going to foster the water cooler talk about how mean you are or how grumpy you are or stay away from that person. 
it's it's fostering a lot of negative energy that gets circulated around your company. And that's going to affect you one way or another, whether it's, you know, the reputation you have within the company and whether you can gain a raise or a promotion uh, is going to be less likely to happen. Now, let's take the other side that you were talking about, like with the law of positive attraction. One study that I saw showed women, pictures of men that were just kind of so-so looking or you know not really great looking, but they were smiling. And they showed women pictures of men who were considered better looking, but weren't smiling at all. They just had like a, a, a blank look on their face or kind of a grimace on their face. And they asked the women which which men they would like to date. And by a, by an overwhelming majority, women wanted to date the guys who were smiling because they look happy and people want to be around happy, smiling people. And so those are some tactics that you can use right there for, um, you know, if you, if you want to attract more positive energy to you, smile. When you go to the grocery store, turn around and look at the person standing in line with you and smile at them. What are you going to get back? You're going to get back another smile. Those people, you know, people tend to, to give you back what you give them. You attract what you put out. Likewise, if you turn around to somebody and you, you give them a grimace, if you look angry at them, you're going to instill fear and subliminal resentment of you. So you will attract what you put out there, no matter what that emotion really is. Yes, yes. And, yeah. and when people realize that, this and they can use it by design they can use it tactically and it, you'll notice areas where it works and so you start using it in more areas and, and getting very conversant with it and, and it's fun it's fun and you start seeing results that you couldn't even imagine yeah good point okay we've been talking with scott boland of mentalwarfaretactics.com about how to unlock your own natural psychic self-defense skills We'll be back in just a minute with more strategies for developing this hidden power, including how to defeat any enemy with nothing more than your mind, Jedi mind tricks to bend others to your will and get them to do what you want them to do, and some practical training tips for mastering these powerful secrets day after day. But first, check out this special message. Imagine staring up at a six foot nine, 350-pound biker dude, rage in his eyes ready to cram a beer bottle down your throat as payback for bumping into him. Would you know exactly what to do without cowering in fear, without begging for mercy, without getting stomped to the floor and beaten while your family watches in horror? You will now with this simple three-step plan. One, don't take your family to biker bars. That's really kind of stupid, isn't it? Two, harden your mind with bulletproof warrior confidence. And three, master your own secret bag of shockingly powerful fight tricks. Waiting for you and your free DVD you can claim now at DefeatLargerAttackers.com. In a real fight, you don't have the option of losing. Not when your life or the safety of your family hiding behind you is on the line. You need to know exactly what to do in those first few seconds of an attack and end it quickly and walk away with your life, your loved ones, and your pride intact. In this free DVD, you'll discover the street fighting secrets for how to knock a bigger, stronger man head first into the pavement with brutal, unstoppable power and speed regardless of your size, strength, or even if you've never been in a fight before in your life. Claim your free DVD now while this offer is still available at www.defeatlargerattackers.com and unleash your true potential. 
to kick ass. And now, back to the show. Okay, we're back with Scott Boland of MentalWarfareTactics.com to discuss how to unlock your hidden mental powers for psychic self-defense. And we have a lot more cool strategies for you to put to use right away, so let's jump right back into our interview now. Sun Tzu was a master at developing techniques to defeat an enemy psychologically without ever having to defeat him on the battlefield. So when it comes to our own protection and even potentially like facing a violent attack, what are three quick ways that I can use mental warfare tactics to demoralize an opponent or, or psych him out so I don't have to fight him? Probably the most famous quote that I've ever done, I, I still get people telling me about it, is this. Your emotional response transfers control to your attacker. Your emotional response transfers control to your attacker. So when you don't give an emotional response, it actually creates a reverse vacuum and causes your opponent to emotionally respond. It causes them to doubt and transfer control to you. Now here's an example. Uh, you've ever seen where, where someone's scared and they walk by a dog and the dog bites them. But then someone who just doesn't give a damn walks by the dog and the dog doesn't give a damn. Why is that? It's because they smell your fear. They smell your spirit. So one of the first ways uh, to psych out an attacker and demoralize an opponent is to possess lethal knowledge. I noticed the more that I trained in martial arts, the less people attacked me, the less I got in fights. The more lethal knowledge I knew, the less I got attacked. And that's where people can find the, the information that you share. This kind of training actually prepares them to have a strong spirit. They smell your spirit. Now, I took the family to a, um, a zoo where they had lions and tigers and panthers, and there was a sign, and it said, don't run, you look like prey. Prey behavior produces predator results. And I remember one time walking uh, in L.A. in a, a basement garage in, in a big building, and, and I just sensed something, and around the corner came a big thug. I mean, big, scary-looking, tattooed tears, the whole thing. Now, in that moment, I felt, uh, I felt in my heart and my stomach a tingle, but what I did instead was I took a breath and I stepped toward him and I looked through his eyes and I just kind of nodded, hey, like that. And in that moment, in that moment, he saw in me something that recognized him and that was willing to fight and do whatever it took. And so he went, hey, and he turned and walked away. And of course, later on, I went, it was like being passed by a great white shark and the shark not coming back for a second round. The thing is mentally that, that I was willing to be there. See, most people, when they're attacked or when they have an opponent, they don't want to be there. I wanted to be there, and I let him know it. I actually stepped toward him, and all my fear wanted me to step away. But if I had shown that, remember, don't run. You look like prey. Prey behavior produces predator results. So I wanted to be there. So technique number one would be to get kissing close, as I call it. Get kissing close. Now, this is both mental warfare and a physical tactic. If you want to attack me physically with your hands or with a knife or a gun, I either want to be 100 miles away from you or I want to be close enough to kiss. So that means I can do headbutts, eye gouges, uh, knee to the balls, elbow to the throat, whatever it takes to stop you from harming me. But I can't do that if I'm just outside in boxing range, or you see, so I want to be kissing close. Now, likewise, mentally, don't shy away or keep your distance, even if you're afraid. Because the only way you can dominate any situation is to be right up close. 
And see, that's how you destroy fear. You get in close. Where fear is an energy and we're broadcasting that energy. And your enemy is a magnet. We're all magnets. And you get rid of fear by relinquishing attachment to the outcome. You, you relinquish attachment to the outcome. When you're too attached, when you're afraid, this is you're holding on to your life, and Sun Tzu talks about this, it actually hinders your free movement and your tactical ability. But when you, rele- when you release attachment to the outcome, you're freer to move and act with tactical aggression rather than fear and hesitation. also makes you much more dangerous and effective as an opponent in any field. Because mentally, when you're not afraid of losing, you're no longer slowed down by self-doubt or fear of harm or even a moment's hesitation, which can cost you your life in combat. I have another technique called the doubt causer. And the doubt causer is this. Uh, I look through their forehead as if you're seeing someone coming up behind them. Now, try this on people. Just try this on, you know, a coworker in the hall. And you'll notice it causes people to feel a little uncertain, causes them to feel doubt and confuses them. And that's the one I used uh, in, in, the, um, in, the, in the parking garage when that thug passed me. I used the doubt causer for just a moment. And, and technique, another technique is called I have a secret. And what you do is you confuse your attacker with just a slight smile. Say you're stepping in the ring or a guy approaches you. And you, with, you give them a slight smile as if you know something they don't. As if you have a secret they don't. Try this on people. You'll see it will cause them doubt and even fear. Well, wow, interesting. That's those are three three good things that you can you can actually test out even at work. That's pretty cool. You know, <laughs> well, the, the more you test it in the real world, the more you can do it in the battlefield. That's and perfect. So, and so practice. That's training. perfect point. Perfect point. You know, Scott, I've I've read that there's a way to make somebody want to do what I want them to do, but without having to sweet talk them or or plead for compliance. What specific strategies do you teach to make someone do what I want them to do and get them to come to my way of thinking? Well, you said it best, without sweet-talking or pleading. See, people are used to that BS, and they have an automatic response to it. people, People move on automatic. They're like trains on a track. So I have a question, and I call it the number one question that gives you an unfair advantage over the rest of the populace. And the question is this, how do you stop a moving train? Most people would say, well, you stand in front of it and hold your hand up and say, halt. (laughs) That doesn't work. That's like sweet talking or pleading. So instead, what do you do? Well, here's, here's how I say you stop a moving train. You run alongside it. You harmonize with it. Then you grab hold and jump on. Now the train is carrying you. Then you can climb up and reach down and just pull the brake. You've stopped the train, and now you can send in the direction you want to go. And when you go through life that way, with that kind of mindset, you can get people to do what you want. Uh, for example, uh, people are in automatic. You get pulled over by a cop, uh, and most people get pissed off. They get uptight. They get nervous, and they automatically go into ticketed mode. They hand over their driver license and insurance. What was I doing? Oh, darn it. I didn't know I was speeding hold on, I'll be right back, sir, and they come back with a ticket. Well, what I do is I take a breath, and I say, oh, hey, how's it going? Oh, oh, I was being, hey, I'm sorry about that. Uh, I, I am a good driver. I just spaced for a moment. Could you give me a break? And I have gotten out of more tickets that way than, than, than you could imagine. And they'll say, sure, okay. They run the driver's license. They come back, and they say, drive safe next time. 
And I've had that happen so many times, Jeff, just because of my energy, just because of I didn't go on automatic. I didn't go into ticketed mode. Instead, I breathed first, and then I asked. You see, some cops will give you a ticket. Some cops will give you a break. But the cop that would have given you a break won't if you go into ticketed mode. So, and that works in anything. You could use it to get a raise. You know, for, for going to get a raise, remember this, to get a raise at work. For example, you're talking about how do I get people to do what I want without pleading or without begging? First of all, remember this question. When do you go for the kiss? When do you go for the kiss? Remember that on your first date. Well, you don't just grab her and say, kiss me. <laughs> and you don't beg and you don't plead and you don't whine. You, you wait for what's called the opening. You don't look for the opening. You notice the opening. This is even in a street fight. There will be an opening. And, and when you have harmony, when there's good rapport, when there's a moment of fun and smile, you gently lean in and go for the kiss. Well, likewise, let's say at work, you wait until there's good rapport. You, you, you know, the energy is right. It's feeling good. And you say to your boss, you say, so how are things going? How, how, wait till he, perhaps he praises you on a good job, a job well done. So you anchor that in. And then you say, great, great. And you say, you know, I wanted to ask you, I really like my job. Things are going well here. You anchor that in. You say, but I'm just not making enough to get by. So I wanted to ask you if you can give me a raise. Now, notice how I timed that. Notice how I timed that. And notice how I anchored in, you know, I do like it here, but I'm just not making quite enough. See, there's almost the threat of, hey, I may need to go elsewhere. And then I said, so I wanted to ask you if, and then I paused, and then I said, you can give me a raise. See, it almost wasn't a question, was it? It was almost a, it was almost a directive. You can give me a raise. Because of that pause <laughs> that you put in there, because of the timing. Uh-huh. Yeah. The timing, the energy, you see, you see how that works? Absolutely. And, and I've put in other things there, too, like the, like the point of, hey, I like it, but I'm just not making enough. And so this is how it's done. I've had people do that with marvelous results. Um, speak. The key is to speak with confidence when you're trying to get someone to do what you want. And, and in this case, you use rapport. You, you waited for the opening. You didn't look for the opening. You noticed it when there was rapport. But in any case, whenever you want someone to do something, always speak with confidence and authority. Uh, end on a down note as opposed to on an up note. Because there's, there's a vacuum. There's an authority and confidence vacuum. People are used to being told what to do. So you fill that vacuum. You know, Scott, as with all things, training is critical for mastery. And, and learning how to tap into your own psychological empowerment is no exception. So is there a training drill or exercise that you can, you can walk us through so that our listeners can hone their own mental warfare skills? Is there something that we can use as a another really good example of, of how we can use these tactics to prove them to ourselves and also kind of perfect our craft? Yes, yes. All of my private co coaching clients, the first thing I give them, no matter who they are or where they're at in life or how they're successful they are, is I recommend that they meditate five minutes daily, just in the morning after they get out of bed. Now, people go, meditation, that's kind of hocus-pocus. Now, what it is is this. You're setting your intention. I want you to set your intention like a tidal wave. And the busy mind, uh, Taku and Sohu said in, 
in the unfettered mind, the samurai text, the unfettered mind, he said, the mind that is captivated on his opponent's sword will be taken by his sword. So therefore, we free up the mind so it doesn't become stuck on the opponent's sword. Most people are all day long thinking about the opponent's sword, whether it's the bills, the relationships, the, the struggles they face. The mind is fixated, and so it's taken by those things. So if you take five minutes, just five minutes every morning, and after you've woken up, you sit down quiet, you can sit on your bedroom floor and just relax, and for just five minutes, just breathe in and out. Breathe into the belly and breathe out, and just follow your breath. Notice when you're breathing in, and breathing out. And then simply, when a thought comes, don't struggle with the thought. Don't try to push it away because I guarantee those thoughts will come. Thoughts about the bills, thoughts about stress, problems, sex, you name it. Just notice it and go, oh, there's that thought again. And then go back to the breath. I'm breathing in. I'm breathing out. And picture a color in your mind that makes you feel comfortable, whatever color you're comfortable with. And that's it. Now, nothing could be more simpler than a meditation like that because it's very powerful. Uh, MMA athletes use it um, right before they go into the ring. We'll meditate for a few minutes like this. And what it does is it anchors you so you can set your intention. I'd like you to set your intention like a tidal wave. So I cannot overemphasize that. And I just say five days a week, Monday through Friday, take the weekends off. So simple. And people notice there isn't a client who hasn't noticed a difference doing that in their own personal power. Um, uh, they're less excitable. They're more focused. They have more clarity. They can hit harder. That's what it's about. Now, another tactic I would give people is a, is a reprogramming tactic. Whenever you're going through situations, like let's say you see someone at work uh, who, who always pisses you off, an envious coworker, a competitor, or perhaps a relationship that upsets you or something that pisses you off. could be politics, whatever it is. I want you to use what's called the vinyl record technique. You might remember in the 80s we had vinyl records, okay? And if you had a scratch record, you could actually hold down the needle and kind of regroove through the scratch so the song would play again without skipping. Notice when you're, when you're arising, when you're responding emotionally. Remember, your emotional response transfers control to your attacker. So the next time you notice yourself rising emotionally in response, notice it and breathe and pause before response. Take their eyes in and just pause before you respond for just a moment. And then anchor in the feeling or the behavior you want. That's a regrooving. You'll notice people will respond to you differently because they're used to getting a certain rise out of you. And this is true. It could be a, a thug in a street fight. He's used to people being afraid and crapping their pants. And you breathe and smile and look right through him. You, you'll, you'll see a change in his energy. And likewise, it could be the, the co-worker out for your job at work, the competition at work. could be the guy out trying to get your girlfriend, whatever it might be, whoever the opponent is. You can, you can by doing this, by regrouping, by noticing, breathing, and pausing before response, you'll anchor in the way you want to respond with power rather than the way you used to respond. And that's a tactic you can, those are two tactics right there you can use every day. Number one, Meditate for five minutes every morning of just following your breath and, and being thought-free. Thought-free for five minutes. The busy mind is the disease mind, Sun Tzu said. Well, and, I, and how I see this is, I mean, you're, you're creating, when you have control of the space first thing in the morning, those first five minutes, 
and you're creating that groove yourself. So you're you're finding your center each morning for only five minutes, which sets you up. That sets your intention for the day. And then, as you put it, when there's a moment where you would normally be programmed to feel fear or lack or hesitation or frustration by by again, kind of just taking a breath in and a breath out, just as you did with the meditation. I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out. Subliminally, you know, subconsciously, however you want to say it, recenters yourself because of the programming you do every morning. So it, it, it associates, I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out, boom. That's an automatic trigger that you, you have in your body that brings you back to where you have control and confidence, just like you set that programming first thing in the morning in that, in that meditation. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, Sun Tzu said in The Art of War to to control the battle, you must control the terrain. That, In other words, you set the battleground. The number one battleground is the mind. And, and so when you practice this way to have control of your own mind, to capture thought and to breathe in, in order to control your own behavior, you're already controlling the battleground. And, and that's how you win before there's even a fight, before you even step into the ring. I don't step into the ring to see who will win. I step into the ring having already won. That's a great point. Great point. You know, Scott, this has been a very, very hard to find information. You won't hear a very practical, you know, I don't think anybody will hear a more practical application of these types of mental warfare tactics um, out there without getting too foo-foo-y and hocus-pocus out there. This is real stuff that people can really put to put to use right away. So everybody, I, I hope that um, as you're listening to this, you understand that these are things that you can accomplish and you can use them for good, for your own self-protection and really get a lot out of them. So I recommend that you go check out Scott's website and find out more information about all the different stuff that he has there. There's a lot of information there. So go over and check it out at uh, www.mentalwarfaretactics.com. And I know you're going to love what you see there. He's got some great DVDs and CDs and whole, whole kinds of stuff on this topic. So uh, so really, really appreciate you taking some time for this today. All right, everybody. Um, th this is Jeff Anderson from Modern Combat and Survival Magazine. And until our next broadcast, train hard, stay safe, prepare now. Modern Combat and Survival. Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.